closer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. They pull off the last second miracle here at home. You know, get on my back. I'm going to carry you. Kale Fleming. They uh, went a lot farther than what everybody thought they were going to do. Personally, I didn't think the Bears were going to win more than six games this season. The Kale and Jay Show presented to you by World 4.9 WPXN Paxton Rantoul. We had some audio issues. Uh, my fault on that. Yeah, um, we're going to skip the intros for right now. You guys know who Jay and I are. Obviously, I graduated from PBL. Jay did too. We're both local. We both work at WPXN. We're just going to get right into the sports. Jay, what's up, man? Oh, not a lot. Another fun night here. Excited for uh, the show rolling. Line night game starting here shortly. Hopefully, we can get a win in the Colts Center. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's going to be the topic of this evening, I think. Might be how we do this. There's a game on that we're both watching, talk about it as it's going. That might be kind of fun, a little live live podcasting there. Um, But as you said to the Cole Center, we ain't won there since Kesha's TikTok was number one on the charts. You know what year that was? Oh, what a blast from the past. Dude, I think I was in junior high, I think. Yeah, had to be. Had to be in junior high. I think it would have been 2007, 2008, maybe. Would have been the last time. I'll we tell won. you what, man. Bo Ryan used to have some squads up there at Wisconsin. Yeah, and then Greg Gard took over. Obviously, they lost Ethan Happ. And right. That hurts. That lost all their uh, points in the paint production. But it really didn't matter, you know, because Kobe King on the outside being a junior this year for the Badgers, he can still stick them. I mean, they have a bunch of young young bigs, but that doesn't really matter. We have a young big, too. Two of them, really. Um, Wisconsin's deadly. They beat Ohio State, who I thought was the best team in the Big Ten. But they dropped another one last night to Maryland, so maybe not. Um, I don't know. It's going to be going to be a fun Big Ten year. But I'm really, really nervous about this game again tonight because this will be Illinois' second quad one win if we happen to win the game. The only other one was against Michigan. It's going to be a big game, like you said. I mean, it's 
some of the younger guys are going to get to uh, learn real fast what it's like to play on the road in the Big Ten in a place like the Kohl Center. For those that haven't been there yet, they're in for uh, quite a treat. But like you said, I uh, got lots of hopes in our our young guys and our rim protector and Kofi. I think he's going to be just fine. It's Wisconsin tonight. We'll just I, I'm more worried about the offense. You know, sometimes our offense tends to get a little stagnant. We kind of dribble around the three point arc, do a couple dribble handoff and some ball screens, and before you know it, Io ends up making a one on one move and kind of throwing something up. But I'm sure uh, Coach Underwood's kind of stressed some of that stuff in practice, and I'm I'm kind of excited to see if Mr. Allen Griffin gets some more minutes tonight. If not in the starting lineup, I would I would really like to see him get some more minutes. I've got him in the prob uh, the probables. Well, I wrote about it in the blog, the pregame that's on the website. Um, I do those before every game. Also do a post game as well. Um, but the uh, probable starters tonight are Williams is in there. Demonte Williams is in over Griffin. I think for one reason. Obviously, I'm in here with you. Um, I want to see Griff start just because his 20 minutes a game are so productive. But if you look at our bench, we have no depth whatsoever. You start Griffin and you move DeMonte to the bench, we still don't have any scoring coming off. If Feliz is cold, we have literally no scoring on the bench. That is my only thought process on that. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Uh Depth is obviously something you'd like to have, and I guess I understand right now it's something we lack a little bit. Till next year. I guess we're probably, what, six or seven deep right now? Seven if we have some guys having a good night. We could be eight <laughs> eight deep if Tevian Jones could figure it out. I mean, obviously, I'm just going to say it how it is. He's had two two straight seasons now where he started suspended on the year. That just that can't happen with a player of his caliber. You know, yeah, and, and and I've heard nothing but good things about him. I mean, people kind of tend to when they describe him, they tend to throw him in the what do you want to say the the realm or area of pretty high talent. He's a four star, but but I just you know, like you said, he's been suspended early and kind of forgotten about the last two years. And I'm to be honest, I really didn't know a ton about the kid until I saw him play. Oh, a week ago. I know he was eligible for the Missouri game. A lot of people were pretty upset about that. And he right. didn't get any playing time there. But, I mean, I'm with Coach Underwood. I mean, you got to prove to me that you can handle yourself as a young man before I let you do something like play basketball. I mean, come on. I think that Tevian Jones, when he is on the floor, is by far the most athletic kid on the floor. There will be no person that changes my mind on that. Is he the best basketball player? No. He's the most athletic. I mean, he can jump out of the gym if he wants to. And then last year against Maryland, when they played at uh, Madison Square Garden, you know, the MSG, which how fun was that last year? That that game was fun to watch. But Tev had 18, and he ripped off four monster dunks. I mean, Tevian Jones' athleticism is, is unmatched, is unparalleled, and you can't stop it. But he just can't stay on the court and stay eligible. It just doesn't. It's it's aggravating because we know I know we all know as Illini fans what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you said, that MSG game last year, I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, four star. You said I think he's the type of kid that uh, needs to do a little bit of soul searching here because I really think he could probably help us, and not only in Big Ten play, but you know when the NCAA tournament comes around, I'd like to think he could uh, make some noise there, not only for us, but for himself, too, you know, for a kid with that athleticism, it seems like anymore. 
the type of frame he's got and the way he plays, I mean, he's got a, a pretty good chance if he can figure it out and show some scouts he can play. This Indiana game right now is wild. <laughs> One point I know. left. They're drawing it out, man. I just want to get this Illini game rolling so the anticipation will go away because I know my blood pressure is going to rise as soon as it starts. It just always does. It's either going to be a game like we had against Purdue or it's going to be a game like we had against Michigan State. There's no in-between for this team right now. That's the problem. There's no consistency. And consistency is key in the Big Ten and to making tournament runs. Talk about consistency and lack of there in the Big Ten. I mean, this Indiana-Northwestern game is a perfect example of kind of what we talked about the other day with going on the road and winning in the Big Ten. I mean, a team like Northwestern who comes in at 5-8 and eight gives uh, Indiana a run for their money on their home floor. You know, that's what I love about the Big Ten. Like, there's so much depth. I mean, I don't see how any type of basketball fan doesn't see that the Big Ten by far is the best all-around basketball conference in the country right now. And I'm waiting for something to change my mind, and I have not seen it yet. The You take out – well, Indiana just won, thankfully. Um, I, Northwestern and I don't get along. I'll just put that out there now. Um, <laughs> as, an, as an Illini fan, I really shouldn't say fan because I'm credentialed in the media, but I'm a fan as well. Um I uh, I just can't stand Northwestern. Um, but you're talking about consistency, and there's so many in the net rankings so far. There's so many Big Ten teams this year that are absolutely crazy to see. Let's see, I'm going through. There's one there. Michigan State's the highest. Uh, there's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine in the top 64. There's 11 teams in the top 64 in the net rankings. So if the tournament were to start today, 11 Big Ten teams would be in it. Wow. Where do our Illini fall on that? They're 37th on the list. 37th on the list right now. Yep. If we win tonight, we the Illini win tonight, this is a quad one win, which should bump us up to at least the either the mid-30s, if not the or the low 20s explain um, a little bit about that quad one win just in case we get some people that don't the, understand so that. a quadrant one win is schools that are obviously power five anybody that is in the fcs or whatever the fcs um is, is a quad one school uh anybody that's a big 10 school is quadrant one but you have to be relevant uh, basically what that means is it's based off of your record for the season. It's based off of your depth, how many points you score per game. There's a whole lot that's factored into the rankings and the net rankings in a quad one win or a quad one uh, school. So basically it goes down to scoring, your abilities of, to outscore your opponents, how many opponents you beat that are also quad one that are in that, that, that tier, um, where they're ranked, your record, and your strength of schedule and how well you play out of conference. That's why Illinois is so low, because A, we lost to Miami on our home court. B, we lost to Missouri in the bragging rights game. Didn't even look like we wanted to be there, and we got blown out by Michigan State by 20. So that's the yeah. that's the reason why Illinois is so low. Not good. I mean, the Miami game, frustrating at that. 
kind of clawed our way back into that game. Should have never been in that position. I mean, Maryland, we led for 39 and a half minutes of 40. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I forget about the Maryland game, too. See, because when you win, you forget about those things, right? We beat, right. We beat down Purdue, and I already clean forgot about the Maryland game. See, that's the thing is if we can get to the tournament, those that Miami loss, the bragging – well, except the bragging rights loss, you know, those will all be forgotten about. Because this, the whole goal this year for the Illini is just to get to the tournament, to be relevant. And to be relevant, it means getting to the tournament, in my opinion. You're one of the best 64 teams in the nation. You know, there's 351 schools in the FBS and the, the Power Five programs, and you just you got to get there. Oh, the, tell you what, the unis some, tonight are sick, though. They are. They're awesome. What are you saying? I was saying the somebody must be seeing something in us, though. I mean, if we're, you know, kind of the the resume that we've built for ourselves so far. I mean, we've got a couple great wins. Obviously, our losses, some of our losses are bad, but I mean, we only have really. Somebody, yeah, somebody's got to see something in us, throwing us in the top forty in the country already. I mean, I'm not, I'm not too upset about that, I guess. No. Um, obviously you want to be higher. Uh, that helps come selection Sunday, but depending on how the big 10 goes, they can really jump. They can, they can really, really jump. If the big 10 season goes well, if it goes bad or they finish 500, they'll probably be right around where they're at. If they finish worse than what they're, what they're projected, which I think they're projected to go 500 in Big Ten play with the way they've been playing right now, they'll drop immensely if they finish below that, and they probably won't make the tournament. There was a while there where the Illini were going to have to almost win the Big Ten tournament to get into the NCAA tournament, which wasn't yeah. going to happen. Michigan State just looks like they're just going to run the table with everybody. I'll tell you what, man. I, uh, I, want, I want to see my Illini do well. But it's hard to not have respect for a guy like Tommy. So, I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> year I agree in, with year you. out, just gets it done. I mean, somehow finds at least one stud. I mean, how come we can't fall across a Cassius Winston or something like that? I mean, <laughs> right. It's a guy just... who can just, you know, explode for 30 against a rival like Michigan and beat Michigan by 20. I mean, we're talking about Michigan State beating us, which obviously not a good thing to lose by 20, but, you know, they turn around and Michigan, another ranked team, comes to town and they just absolutely throttle them. <laughs> See, that goes with the, right there. What you and I were talking about in the bad out audio on Monday is uh, is the fact that right now Indiana won that game, so I think now home teams are eighteen and four. The road, the home team is now eighteen and four in the Big Ten. Really? So I don't know what exactly is going on. Uh, obviously home court's a real thing, but 18 and four is, is crazy to me. That's crazy. That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. Especially in the big 10, like you were saying, you know, um, big 10 is all around, not just for basketball, football as well. The best conference in the, in the country, as far as I'm concerned as well. But, and that's no bias just because of what they do every year, year in, year out. But I just don't see how with, well, the way the Big Ten usually goes every year, how the home teams are winning so much, usually there's a big upset. Somebody pulls on the road at somebody else's gym. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that's what uh, everybody's kind of in search for, I guess, that's right on that bubble, kind of like us as far as making the tournament. We really probably need to buckle down and get one of those bigger wins on the road. 
this that is, means I feel like that means so much more in this Big Ten conference. Obviously, this is a lesser Wisconsin team than what we're used to, but it's still Wisconsin. We haven't won here in like 12 years. So, I mean, to win this would be right up there with the upset at home. Because the Cole Center, as we've been talking to, everybody is the house of horrors. Absolutely. You know, it's hard to win there. Extremely um, hard. You I'm go. eager to see if this Illini defense holds up, though. I mean, I saw a stat here. BTN threw up for the game. Just under 60 points a game in the last couple weeks, I think, puts us third in defense. And I'm pretty sure I also heard on the radio we're number one in defensive efficiency yeah, right now. Yeah, that is true. That's a great move to the ring. I mean, we're up though. there in the country. I think we're up there top of the nation for defensive efficiency. Yeah, we were number one at one point, but that was because Kofi and George. Did they just call that an offensive foul? Yeah. I was kind of confused about that, too. Uh, okay. That's not what you wanted to see. But anyway, yeah, they were up there uh, up top in the in a defensive efficiency. They were like top four at one point. Then they jumped to one because Kofi had like five blocks against old dominion or somebody like that. And then, oh, okay. you know, that, that obviously is going to boost you really high. And then, uh, what a great defensive stand. Anyway, that's uh yeah, that's right. Number one was, I think true for about two or three weeks. And then Kofi won big 10 freshman of the week for like three or four weeks in a row. I mean, the Illini in a stretch there against non-conference lower-tier opponents were having a great stand, and as they should have. Right. Um, Type of stuff you want to see. I mean, take care of business. Let's talk about the NFL real quick. We talked about that. Just some quick hires. Uh, Mike McCarthy, the biggest one, went to Dallas, uh, as we alluded to. Or you know, he he had a really successful career in Green Bay. Won a couple Super Bowls. Obviously, had really good quarterbacks in uh, Rodgers and Favre. But, you know, you can't discredit what he's done uh, with the Green Bay Packers, turning all that talent into what it was. You know, somebody had to spearhead it. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in Dallas. He had his introductory uh, press conference today to see, you know, he's going to be a play caller. You know, Jerry Jones, very vocal with the media there in Dallas to see how all that's going to go. Mike McCarthy's not really going to put up with that. No, absolutely not. And, you know, Jerry Jones kind of talked about, uh, what he was looking for in a head coach and their search, and he wanted a guy who was a big time team builder and, and a winner at that. You know, which is what they need. It. He's like, I want a guy who knows how to win and has proved that he can win. And I definitely think Mike McCarthy checks those boxes. So. He's he's got I can't remember what his record was in, Green, was in Green Bay, but it was crazy. He had almost double the amount of wins that he did, or triple the amount of wins that he did losses. Uh, but once again, great quarterbacking there, but. You know, Kellen Moore, I heard, kept hearing a bunch of uh, stuff about him. If he's, he's going to be able to stay as the OC in Dallas, and no, he's not going to be able to. Mike McCarthy's a play caller, and I think that's what what they need, to be real honest with you. Um, if you notice, play calling head coaches typically tend to fare a lot better than not, and there's only one exception that I can think of, and it's Lamar Jackson. Harbaugh's yeah. not a play caller, but Greg Roman completely reworking the entire offense to – implement basically the Louisville offense that they've established is just absolutely crazy uh, to me. It really is. And I, I mean, I think McCarthy's got a chance to really hone in on the skills of, you know, guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Mari Cooper, Dak, yep. Mari Cooper, Dak Prescott. I mean, he's got a pretty good core group of 
skilled players there where, I mean, I think the sky's the limit when it comes to play calling and his offensive, uh, you know, kind of his offensive scheming ability uh, that he's shown in Green Bay. I mean, uh, honestly, I think if he can get it figured out, the Dallas Cowboys could be back towards the top of the, you know, if not their division, maybe the NFL again here in the next couple of years. Speaking of the NFC least, uh, that's a running joke. I love that, by the way. Um, the, the Redskins just hired Ron Rivera. Obviously, that was one of the first hires uh, before what they call Black Monday, when all the coaches get canned um, and they bring in their new guys. But uh, Ron Rivera is the new coach of the Redskins, so they might have a pretty good battle there in the NFC East. Yeah, honestly. Um, the Patriots Rivera... hired the uh, – or the Patriots. The uh, – Giants hired the Patriots wide receiver coach. I think his last name's Judge. I don't know what his first name is, but uh, yep. he's now the head coach there. So moves being made all over the place in the NFC East. And uh, rightfully so. I mean, I know everyone kind of unfortunately points fingers at the coaching staffs or head coach for that matter uh, when it comes to win losses and people not doing very well. But, I mean, I think Ron is a good fit in Washington. I mean, had some success in Carolina. Obviously looking for a change of scenery. Uh, I'm not really sure how I feel about Cam Newton. I mean, a really good player, but another guy that, you know, could possibly create some distractions media-wise. So, you know, I'm eager to see how Ron Rivera deals out there in uh, Washington with the Redskins. And they're obviously looking for somebody that could possibly bring something new to the table as well. Cam Newton's done, right? I mean, he has to be. Yeah, I mean, I can't see him after this past season. I don't know. I can't see much happening. I don't know. After that Super Bowl, it seems like when Von Miller kind of took his soul there. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. kind of what happened, really. And he wasn't ever the same. He's never been. You're right. Injury bug's pretty much been uh, like a blanket over top of him ever since. He's had the shoulder issue. He's had the Liz. I don't even know what a Liz Frank is. If you do, let me know. Let the listeners know. I don't either. I have no I have, clue. I haven't even heard. I know it's in your foot. I know that. That's what's kept him sidelined all year. Um, I, I just think he's done. I, I don't know. There might be a team or two out there that, that he might be able to get a, a friendly contract with, but I don't see a, a multi-million dollar deal like Jared Goff or Aaron Rodgers or anybody got. Do you? No, no way. I really think it'll honestly be kind of a spotty thing if he continues to you know, have the same type of luck he's had injury-wise. It'll be a year or two here, a year or two there, and until he's probably, you know, as terrible as it sounds, tired of being a backup quarterback somewhere. Uh, Tom Brady, potentially, with that Instagram post that he had, could be done in uh, in New England. Uh, that'd be nice for me, at least. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, and uh, headed out west, right? Well, looking everybody's to, got him paid. Play in the new stadium. Yeah, everybody's got him paid going to the Chargers. I mean, that would be a good fit for him. If you guys want to read all that, I mean, I'm not going to read it all here, uh, but Tom Brady's Instagram, go to that, read that post that he made. It's pretty heartfelt. Um, he just wanted to say, mainly just to reiterate everything, he wanted to thank all of his fans. He's been there for the last 20 years playing at Gillette Stadium. You know, we've talked about the winning culture that they've had there. He doesn't want to retire yet because he knows that he still has more to prove. Robert Kraft came out and said if – you know, if Tom Brady isn't going to play here, he doesn't want to see him play anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I think Tom Brady opted out, out of his contract, selling his house in Boston. I just think there's a whole lot of writing on the wall that, hey, I've been taking these team-friendly deals now for, for years. 
I want something in return. You know, I want paid. And he wants a two-year, $30 million deal type of thing, you know. And I can see that. I also see him going to the Raiders, too, with that new stadium. John Gruden and Tom Brady. Oh. Yeah, the old Gruden grinders. <laughs> I'm sure Tom Brady fits the uh, the description of a Gruden grinder. Yeah, Brian And Johnson. he's a big quarterback guy, too, you know. He's got great quarter. He's coached phenomenal quarterbacks. And he's also coached quarterbacks that weren't good. And he won a super- Who did he win the Super Bowl in Tampa with? Oh, shoot. I can't remember who oh. it is off the top of my head. I'll look it up. What's what we got technology for? Let's yeah, see. that's the good thing. Uh, oh, another offensive battle here on the road in the Big Ten in the Cole Center. Yes, and... John Gruden. Six to two, five minutes in. Who John Gruden win with? Uh, Tampa Bay QB. Hang on. Let's see. Uh, this is just telling me his whole oh. life, whole life story. Don't really care about that. Uh, must look up Tampa Bay Super Bowl. 2003 was when they won it. Yep. I can see the face of the guy. I just can't remember his name. Wait a minute. Did Gruden, did, was Gruton, did, where did he win that Super Bowl at? Was it Tampa? I think it was Tampa unless it was Oakland again. John, because did Bruce. Cause he Aarons, was actually in Oakland back in the in the earlier part of his career, wasn't he? Let's see. John Gruden. Uh, an American gridiron football coach, television, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, too. Oh, no. Uh, 2003, Bruce Arians was the coach. Oh. Gruden wasn't the quarterback, was he? No. Let's see. I'm all backwards now. At the same time, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fired Tony Dungy. Oh. Tampa Bay won 12 games. How could I forget about Dungy getting canned? Huh. Tampa Bay won 12 games in Gruden's first year and advanced to the franchise's first Super Bowl. The Buccaneers faced the Raiders and Gruden guided Tampa Bay to a commanding 48-21 victory. So it was his first year as head coach. Why does this have Bruce Arians listed as the coach of that year? I have no idea. So it was 2003, yeah. So he's won the Super Bowl in Tampa. I was going to say, I thought it was around then. That was very misleading. That's why you trust everything you read on the internet. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so just so if you guys know, if you're still listening uh, to this podcast here, the first episode, Jay and I are doing a really laid-back style with this. Uh, this is going to be something you can turn on in the living room if you're just chilling, uh, watching games or whatever. Uh, you can turn this on. And uh, listen to us yammer back and forth. There might be some long pauses in there while we look something up. Because this isn't traditional radio for those of you that aren't familiar with podcasts. Which if you aren't, I'm not sure how you're not. No offense. But um, that's just how we're going to do this. It's just going to be a bunch of talking back and forth. And might be some long pauses in there while we're looking everything up. Unlike on radio on Saturday mornings on the sidelines where we're not going to have those long pauses. But for right now, we might just so everybody knows. But, uh, Four good minutes from our guy, Alan Griffin, here during yeah. the Illini game. Another big three and a shot clock after a good defensive stand. How can you not love this kid? 
he plays with okay there was a conversation i was having with uh one of my roommates i'll say um he uh was telling me you know illinois doesn't have any guards uh well there was a point in time in there earlier this year oh my are you talking about that three where they made yeah. it nine eight i must be a little ahead of you you are i i don't have cable I watch uh, I watch Hulu, so okay, I got you. I'm a little, I'm a couple <laughs> yeah, seconds. Yeah, so you just saw. I'm gonna have to be careful what I say then. No, you're good. You're good. Just I don't want to. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to be spoiling the whole game. So <laughs> you're all right. Um, <laughs> I had to wait a second because I didn't see a three. There, I saw it. So yeah, I'm a little behind. I don't have cables. I've just used streaming services. It's a little cheaper. Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of people are going to that. From what I hear. I just have Hulu Live and Netflix, and I pay for internet through uh, Xfinity, and that's really all I need. I don't have Red Zone or anything. I am going to invest into getting MLB uh, TV this year, I think, though. That's something I need to get. I should get just because of how big of baseball fans you and I are, but I need to get it for myself because I could watch baseball stuff year-round. Oh, yeah, me too. And obviously, MLB TV and MLB Network, they do a pretty good job of following all the off-season stuff, too, and, you know, trade rumors and free agency and all that stuff. They go in-depth to stuff that I didn't even know existed with the Sabermetrics. I know, right? It's pretty crazy. I'm not sure exactly what they called there on Griffin just a second ago or what Me either. I, Why did they blow It looked that? like an off-ball type offensive foul of some sort. I was kind of confused myself. Uh, all right. Now that we're which I know a lot of the points emphasis this year with officiating is freedom of movement. They're really really tried to crack down on people checking cutters, things like that. And then another thing they're cutting down on. I don't know. You're an IHSA official. You'll be able to answer this question for me. The flop call. I don't know if they've emphasized that in high school or not, but in college, high school it is not a thing. College is this is the first year, so it's kind of almost like a trial year. I mean, um, there are certain situations where it's obviously you know way more easier to tell when someone's flopping. I right. Mean, right now, it's kind of more of a warning type thing. Right. Guys have put warnings in the book, and essentially, it kind of goes towards the delay a game type technical. I mean. If you tip the ball out of bounds, as you're the opposing team, you get warned for it once. And if it happens again, it's a technical. That's kind of what they're doing with the flop thing this year. It is something that, you know, obviously I would like to see leave the game. Yeah, I I do too. A lot of people are watching professional basketball and kind of learning about that stuff and picking it up at an earlier age, you know, the kids coming up through the ranks. But I'm eager to see how it goes. uh, Do you watch the NBA at all? Do you follow anything? I don't. The only time I ever do is when the highlights are on or something like that. I didn't know how in-depth we could get in the NBA because I, I, that's the thing. NBA with most people's hit or miss, I personally love it um, just because, the eight, like you're saying, there's a lot of drama involved in it. But I don't. I just like watching the athletes out there. It's really fun to me seeing what they can do, especially with the uh, All-Star game. You go guys like LeBron, Westbrook, you know, all the old heads. And watching the changing of the guard a little bit, you got guys like – Kevin Durant, Kyrie kind of taking over. And then you got, obviously, some younger guys in Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then Luka Doncic. Have you, I don't know. You're talking about highlights. That guy's a highlight reel. 
I mean, if uh, it's kind of crazy. The amount of NBA basketball I watch is not a lot, but I mean, if you don't know about Luka Doncic, I don't know what you're watching. You like you're a sports be. person. Yeah, that's. A, that I mean, he has dudes everywhere. I, he's on non-sports people's like radars. Like yeah. I'm assuming people are going to watch. He's the, on everyone's Twitter feed and Facebook, Instagram, and Instagram. I mean, he's everywhere. The uh, All Star Game this year is going to be really fun to watch. Basically, if you're in it, if you're in it for basketball itself, don't watch the All Star Game. Stick with college. But if you're in it for watching points scored and watching flashy dunks and everything else watch the all-star game like i do that all-star game it's so fun to watch for that reason and the dunk you know what, contest i kinda like the new format too yeah i the team captains, captains deal. get to pick and you know i kind of like that best player out of the east best player out of the west you don't have to play on the east and west i'm assuming it's going right. to be team Giannis and team lebron again i don't see who yeah. else it'll be I can't see it being anyone else either. I, I agree. I like that formatting too. Speaking of the All Star, we'll we'll move on after this. But the All Star uh, break is is vastly approaching or quickly approaching. Um, one thing I do like about the NBA is the is the dunk contest, and I really really think they should revamp that back to the Jordan years. You know, you had Jordan in there. You had you had who else? Doctor J going all the way back. You had all of those guys in there that wanted to rip off dunks. So I think you know guys like AD, guys like uh, LeBron, Westbrook, Harden, all Victor Oladipo, even out of Indiana, all of those guys should be in that contest to get it back to what it was. I agree that uh, that All Star Weekend in itself is kind of fun. Three Dunk point contest, contest. The, yep, the three point, the skills contest. Point guards get rolling, doing some of their feints and passing and stuff like that. I mean, it's really the type of. Uh, what do you want to say? Makeup that applies to kind of all positions, you know? Right. You got your shooters, your athletic uh, dunkers, slashers, whatever you want to call them. Your floor generals that kind of showcase some of their skills. It's, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, talk down on the NBA, but if you really watch it, it's a bunch of professional basketball players. They don't play as hard. <laughs> for as long periods right. of time it's the way I feel it you know it's like college if you watch a college game it's 40 minutes of in your face running up and down as hard as you can and the NBA is just a little different in the fact where those guys kind of pick and choose their spots and you know really showcase their ability more than kind of kill themselves I mean they got a lot of games to play yeah, absolutely, and and the travel schedule is grueling. Obviously, we get in travel schedules. Baseball is the worst, but um, but that travel schedule is grueling. You know, um, speaking of baseball and the All Star games, I think the MLB has the All Star market cornered. The Pro Bowl sucks. I'm just gonna say it out: is the Pro Bowl stinks. I mean, there there's no fun in that at all. You talk about I guys can't tell not you trying. The last time I watched the Pro Bowl, uh, I don't think I ever have. To be honest, <laughs> I mean it's. Yeah, I'm with you there. I just feel like it's so hard to have an all-star type setting for football, you know? Right. Unless you're in high school trying to get to college. Like the Under Armour All-American game, that game's fun to watch because you have all these high school kids showcasing their talents to get to college. Yeah, and they're playing hard, you know? That the, The Pro Bowl, it's a bunch of guys didn't make it to the Super Bowl. They just want to go spend... There are millions of dollars they made in in where in 
whatever they do. I couldn't even tell yeah, you. Yeah, Italy, they kind of change the site, don't they? Yeah, it used to be in, in Miami, and then it used to be in Hawaii. And now it's yeah. in, like, Arizona. How would you like to be somebody that played in Hawaii or Miami, and then, oh, now you got to go out to the desert? Like, yeah. no, I, I'm good. I'll pass. Oh, just nope. wait till you see that. Just wait till you see this play coming up. I'm not going to give it away, but I know you're going to see it. <laughs> I just saw Reaver. I forgot about Reavers in the in the blog too. That kid is is good. He's coming into his own too for Wisconsin. I owe me a pretty nice play. I just saw him cut. Let's see. I got the offensive possession. I think it happened on. You'll uh, you'll uh, you'll know it as soon as you see it. I'll tell you that. There, well, that wasn't it. A little bit of an offensive uh, rebound type play. It was with about ten and a half minutes. To oh, go over here. <laughs> yeah, you found it. Didn't you? <laughs> I busted down for. He doesn't ever dunk like that. I know. I've never seen him do that. That's the first that's time in the kind of in the two years I've seen him at Illinois. That's the first play he's ever made like that. That's an NBA play. I'd like to see him do a little more of that, honestly. Oh, because I mean, he's always up there, you know. When he even when he's slashing past people to the rim, he's making layups. I mean, he's right there. Right. Yeah. He's he's he could finish it like that if he wanted. I feel like against Purdue, you know, everybody says we only had eighteen points. Yeah, but he also had twelve rebounds. How many guards can you say had twelve rebounds? Yeah, I mean, he's honestly he fits the mold of uh, as crazy as it sounds like. A Rondo, you know, he gets everybody involved, yeah. he scores his points, and he, re- I mean, he does everything. I, I, a Rondo comparison is, it slipped my mind, but yeah, that's exactly what he plays like. He may not be the best outside shooter, but he's one of the best finishers at the rim I think I've seen in college basketball. And, not, you know, not, not to sound mean, but that's kind of why I made the Rondo comparison, because his outside shooting ability is kind of lacking, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. For la- yeah, lack of a better word. Uh, let's see. Uh, the line eye game's going on. 14-13, 10 minutes left in the half. That's where I'm at. You want to talk about some playoffs? NFL? Yeah, let's see. Who we got coming up this weekend? A couple big games. Niners get to play. They had the bye. Ravens, uh, obviously, Ravens were both of yourself and my pick for Super Bowl out of the AFC. My NFC team's gone, unfortunately. Mine's still there, but may not be. Yeah, I had the Saints, and, you know. I got the all, Niners. We all saw what happened there. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> we Yeah, we, we're just going to leave that in the dead audio. How about that? <laughs> that audio is there. I can post it. Uh, it's very bad quality. It's not a static. You can hear us, but it's, ooh, it's very staticky. Um Jay had the Saints. I had the Niners. The the way the Vikings played the Saints, though, I mean, the, will that cause any issues for the for the Niners? I doubt it. But it all depends on how well Kirk Cousins can show up. You know, like you had that statement about how Kirk Cousins in the primetime stigma, which that's a real thing. But I, I I'm with the stigma people. Uh, he never hasn't been able to show up, and primetime Kirk is a real deal. But all of a sudden. Uh, he showed up in a big game, and he made a big pass to Thielen that we talked about, and now he's playing the Niners in the in the divisional round. I know, and at this point, it's kind of one of those anything can happen landscapes, you know. Which you I get love. These championship games, and there's teams that 
you know, during the regular season, you really wouldn't even think twice about a Vikings-Niners matchup, the way the Niners' defense is. And, and you know, now it's like, well, you want to pick you want to pick the better teams, but obviously, as we saw, a team like Tennessee gets hot and knocks off the Patriots. You know, it just makes it tough for me. Let's uh, let's go through these games, and then because obviously we're recording this tonight, I'm just going to go ahead and post this tonight since I promised an, an audio uh, or an episode for for Monday night. But uh, I'm going to go get a piece of paper real quick because I got a notepad uh, handy. Let's make some picks for this weekend. Well, I'll, tr- I'll track them. Sounds like a plan. Illini looking good here right off the bat. I mean, 16-15, Wisconsin leads pretty tight. Just under eight minutes to go. Very uh, low scoring once again, but that's expected here in the Cole Center. Pretty good defense from both squads. I mean, it's tough to beat Wisconsin on their home floor, obviously. It doesn't matter what team they have. (coughs) Oh, I'm back. Going through the rundown of the game, I like it. I got, let's see, this notepad. I got all the 2020 National Signing Day guys from the Illini for this year. Oh, that's family, big. Family tree and my lady's family that she could made out from all the people I met at Christmas. There you go. Let's see. Got to keep track of them, as we say. Happy wife, happy life. Right? <laughs> that's true. Uh, all right, so let's go through these games real quick. I should have been more prepared, but that's one perk like I was talking about with podcasting. Uh, Vikings Niners, um, Kirk Cousins is there. Uh, primetime Kirk's going to have to show up again. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo and that defense for the Niners is the real deal. Uh, I just don't see how the Niners get past them, or the Vikings get past the Niners, but who are you taking? I'm going – with the EIU faithful, baby. Jimmy G and the Niners over the Vikings. I like it. I like that defense. I'm taking the Niners, too, because that's my Super Bowl pick. I'm telling you, that defense is suffocating, man. If you haven't got a chance to watch some Niners defensive highlights, it's pretty impressive. Stick in the NFC, uh, Seahawks-Packers. Packers, this will be their first game in, uh, with a week off after winning the division. Um the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, man, they really are hurt on that offense. They're going to need another big game out of DK Metcalf. Uh, seven receptions for 160 yards against uh, the Eagles. And then uh, the Packers, I don't – they haven't won any big games this year. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bears fan. I'm saying that because it's true. If you look at it, they really didn't beat anybody. Those three losses they had were against, the, I, I feel, the three best teams they played. About like the Dallas Cowboys. Right. I got to take the Packers. Just because Aaron Rodgers is a different animal, though, I'm going to contradict myself. I just seriously don't see how the Seahawks can win with how hurt they are. I would have to agree with you. Uh, I like Russell Wilson, but I think the injury bug's going to end up getting them along with Aaron Rodgers at home, obviously. In the cold, there's a big big snowstorm moving in. The frozen tundra of Lambeau. And then that Packers secondary has really kind of started to figure things out. They've played pretty well together the last few weeks of this year, I felt like. They're young, too. Yeah, and and for how young they are, I was really surprised to see them mesh as well as they did. And Adrian Amos is now in that secondary. That uh, that isn't fun to watch. 
Yeah, that's a big help. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to have to take the Packers over the Seahawks. Uh, Texans, Chiefs. I'm going to let you go first on this one. Texans, Chiefs. Well, you know, I guess we don't have to talk about the fact that it's two quarterbacks that, you know, we could have had in Chicago, but I guess we'll leave that for another, leave that for another podcast. Um, once again, Texans going on the road. Arrowhead, KC, another tough place to play. Really big following there. Um, Mahomes looking for some redemption. You know, I think he probably would have wanted last year to go a little different along with a lot of other people. I think him and Travis Kelsey and and uh, Tyreek Hill, I think that explosive offense is just going to be too much for the Texans defense to handle. I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. Andy Reid with a bye week. Tough to beat. I think we're going to be the same all four of these games. Andy Reid on a bye week is is un, is un, unmatched. Andy Reid's ability to make up play or draw plays up. He's probably got 50 plays for this game already. Yeah, if you're the opposing team, you don't want any extra time for that man to be able to scheme. Best mustache in the game. Well, Sam <laughs> Easy, hands down. Sam Elliott's up there pretty pretty high too, but Yeah, that's true. That's true. I forgot about Sam. Um Last, I saved this one for last because I this one here, I think there's pr- a pretty clear winner. But with how the other team handled business against uh, TB12 and the Patriots, the tight or the Titans are playing really good football. Ryan Tannehill got somehow got well, he got away from Adam Gase is what happened. Um, yeah, but the Ravens, how can he not pick the Ravens? I know explosive offense there with Lamar. And, uh, you know, Ingram's ran the ball well. That, that whole dual uh, dual uh, quarterback, dual threat quarterback thing is just becoming more and more popular, obviously. I'll tell you what, though, with the Tennessee Titans, if they can get Derrick Henry going and they can really kind of control their time of possession and the tempo of that football game, I definitely think there could be – you know, a lot more closer scores than what everyone's anticipating, but I'm I'm still going to have to go with the Ravens. You said everything that I was going to say, except for the fact that uh, I'm going to throw out the comment that Lamar made in uh, the press conference earlier in the year. I think it was week three. I mean, not bad for running back, right? Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, can you believe that people wanted him to change positions? Like I really can't, honestly. I mean... He really, honestly, I think throws a good ball. He's got a good arm. Yeah. I think he could throw more. <laughs> but, but, I mean, obviously when you you can run like he can, you don't need to. And I was listening to uh, the Pat McAfee show. Uh, huge fan of Pat, of Pat and, his, and his boys. Um, now they got that radio show, and I'm glad they do. But uh, I was listening to him, and he had the old Bills defensive end. I can't think of his name. He's a regular guest on that uh, program. But he was saying, you know, how, how do you plan for, for Lamar as a defense? He said, it's impossible. You can't do it. Because you can sit there and dare him to throw, and he's going to run. You sit there and you play for him to run, he's going to throw a ball 80 yards. He said, you just can't play, you can't play against him. You know, his, it really is. His, no. his best receiver is Hollywood Brown, Mar- Marquise Brown, and he's a rookie. Yep. <laughs> I just don't get That's it. That's the craziest part is, I mean, this core of – skill guys in Baltimore isn't really going anywhere anytime soon. No. 
But, I mean, if they can keep the productivity up front of the offensive line and have a defense that can halfway stop the opposing team, I mean, this Ravens offense looks to me like the sky's the limit when it comes to scoring points and for the foreseeable future as well. Jake Frum, uh, that's literally what his name is. Uh, Jake Frum from Georgia is uh, entering the NFL draft. Don't blame him. He's been to uh, – or he's had a pretty successful collegiate career. I don't know why I said collegiate that way. Collegiate. Collegiate career. Um, it's like we were talking about it with Tua Tugabiola and the bad audio. It, you can't turn down the opportunity to go make that big money. Even with Tua being hurt, he's still a, a projected top 12 pick. I just, Jake Frum, I feel, is a really good quarterback that somebody's going to sleep on. I agree. I. Uh, it's kind of funny that you talk about Jake from I picture him to be a lot like his uh, Georgia Bulldog alumni friend and uh, Matt Stafford in yeah. Detroit. Yeah. You know, everybody kind of forgot about, not necessarily forgot about, but everybody kind of overlooked Matt Stafford. They're like, yeah, he's kind of a pocket passer. You know, he might, he'll probably have an okay career. And, I mean, even though Detroit's win-loss doesn't really reflect some years. I mean, Stafford obviously hurt this year most of the year. Yeah, he, he broke I mean, this his. This is a guy who throws. Go ahead. You know, between 45, 50 times a game, and he does so pretty well, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if he had a few more weapons, I feel like offensively, and then a defense that could stop a nosebleed, he might <laughs> might be in a little better position come into the year one of these years. But I could be wrong. I'm looking at Matt Stafford's career stats right now. But you got to think, his best player was Megatron. Yeah, who, you know, everybody was pretty shocked at his, not necessarily early retirement, I guess, but, you know, kind of another health-related thing, just like we saw with Andrew Luck here last year. All right, let's see. Matt Stafford, um, in his career, he's played in 149 games. He has a completion percentage of 62.5. He's thrown for 256 touchdowns, and he's thrown for over 41,000 yards with one receiver his whole career. That's pretty good. That's – I mean, I would say his only other – not necessarily above and beyond receiver, but, I mean, Golden Tate, I feel like, was a guy who had gained some recognition first in Seattle, obviously, before he went to Detroit. But, I mean – other than those two, I can't really think of anybody that he's really ever had. Nobody. Uh, Brandon Pettigrew, I guess, a tight end. But, I mean, that's a tight end. He throws to, you know, maybe five, six times a game. He had, this year, he had TJ Hawkinson, right? Yeah. Yep. TJ Hawkinson from, from Iowa. And then he got hurt. I mean, I'm just, I just know Trubisky's first year. That's back when he was playing pretty well. And even a couple years before that, you know, everybody's like, oh, we, I mean, we got the Lions next week. So that should be a, you know, that should be an easy win. I'm like, you know, I'm not so sure that the Lions should be categorized as an easy win because if a guy like Matt Stafford gets hot and people don't come ready to play, you know, that's a guy who could throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns like that. Right. Uh, Matt Stafford, let's see. I'm trying to find his win-losses. 
poor guy. I'm sure it's not great. Uh, Could be wrong, though. It might shock us both. Let's see. Football ref, sports reference is kind of hard to uh, navigate. Let's see. They're zero and three in the playoffs. They made three. He's made three playoff appearances against uh, New Orleans, Dallas, and Seattle. He's lost them both. He was 23, 26, and 28 years of age. Here it is. You ready for this? Yep. He's 69, 79, and 1. And that tie came That tie came against the Cardinals this year. In week 69, one. 79, and 1. 149 career games, 69, 79, and 1. I think it's kind of crazy how another team hasn't seen something in him. And possibly, and maybe he likes Detroit. Maybe he wants to stay, you know. I don't know if he's got the tag now. I don't know who has the tag in Detroit. I know for the longest time it was their kicker. Yeah, I think it is Stafford now. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess that makes sense for him to be sticking around there. But he's a, I had him in my fantasy team this year. He's just an absolute stat machine. Yeah, I was going to say, as far as fantasy quarterbacks go, I mean, if you're a guy who's trying to score points week in week out i mean if it's me i'm taking matt stafford (laughs) i'm taking two guys for quarterbacks every year until they retire i'm taking matt stafford or drew Brees, whoever's left exactly and mahomes falling into that category now but um lamar jackson's making his case but uh they're just both stat monsters they fill the stat sheet they i hope i wish they would well drew Brees obviously fills it with wins i wish stafford did and that's kind of tough saying that, you know, an in-division rival or in-division opponent for both you and I, it's kind of it kind of stings to just watch them just – his career just be wasted. I agree. Oh, Kofi. Did you just see the alley-oop? Oh. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to keep it in, man. It was tough. It was tough for me to not say something. I just saw the alley-oop. Where are you at? Are you still on Wisconsin's offensive possession? Nah, I'm a little past now. Yeah, see, you're way ahead of me. I hate – that's one thing I hate about streaming is because I'll be watching the NFL on Sunday and then, like, I'll be talking with a friend or whatever and he'll be like, oh, did you just see that play? And I'm like, no, I didn't see it. What happened? Are you re- reading a tweet as yeah. you scroll an Instagram post as you scroll through your feed and you're like, what are you – what are they talking – oh, man. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> or the the ESPN notifications, right? Because I have those. Those are instantaneous. And I see that the Detroit Lions scored another another touchdown on the Bears and I just – it breaks my heart. <laughs> Tell you what, we got to – we got to find a way to slow this Wisconsin offense down. They're kind of starting to heat up a little bit, getting a little bit of momentum. This got a good shot of Josh Whitman right there, though. I kind of do like him and what he's done with the the whole athletic part. You know what I like about the most about Whitman? He's got faith in his guys. He's got faith in, in the guys that he's bringing in. I agree. Look at – I was just talking about this with another PBL graduate. But look at the guys – for. let's stick with basketball while we're on that. Look at the guys that they have coming in next year. Adam Miller, if he stays. Andre Curbelo, who is a floor general. Let's assume Io goes to the NBA. They get uh, Austin Hutchinson and Jacob Grandison off of their transfers. So they, have to, they had to play one, sit one. So they get those guys. Then they bring in uh, 
uh, Jalen Haw- or Coleman Hawkins. He's a freshman. will be incoming next year, and he's deadly from three. That's that's a, the old five team I've been anticipating since the well old five. There's, there's so much talent, so much. You know, I'm not even a you know Kofi Coburn and Alan Griffin and Tevian Jones if he can figure it out. That team is going to be so deadly next year that man, it, it, they're just going to be fun to watch. And how fun would it be to have another Fighting Illini team go deep into an NCAA tournament? Huh? I'm about ready for that again. Me too. I'm about to, as a fan, this is my first year covering the Illini as a media member, uh, but as a fan, I'm tired of watching just lackluster performances out of both revenue sports. I know. Uh, I got the National 2020 Signing Day guys here in front of me since I got my notepad out uh, for football. LeVar Gardner, Pfeiffer Griffin, Kevin Tyler, offensive line, LeVar Gardner, linebacker, Pfeiffer Griffin, O-line, Reggie Love, who's a a phenomenal running back, James Frenchie, wide receiver, Anthony Shipton. He's a defensive lineman coming out of uh, California. He's a transfer. Uh, Cooper Davis, Trayvon Riggins, Delay, Delay Span, and then let's see, Javar or Jershawn Newton. That guy's an absolute stud on the end. And then Quentin. So. Are a lot of these like three, four star? What are we? What are we looking at? Uh, Reggie Love, I believe, is a four. Or Reggie Love's a four. Kevin Tyler and Pfeiffer Griffin are both threes. Lavar Gardner's a two. James Frenchie's a five. Anthony Shipton, I don't know what his rating was because he's a uh, JUCO transfer. Oh, okay. Tra- Trayvon Riggins is a two. Deuce Span, a quarterback, is a five. Um, what about the, yeah, I was going to say, what about this stud quarterback we're supposed to be getting? Deuce Span. Is that's it? the one from the St. Louis area? Well, that's Isaiah Williams. He's already on the, are you talking about the running back or the quarterback? Yeah, I'm talking about, uh, maybe it's a running back we're supposed to be getting. The, the, I might, I might be mixed up. Here. In this class that we're supposed to have, the, the stud out of St. Louis is going to be Reggie Love, the running back. That's what, okay. You yep, know who that's he who reminds me of? He reminds me of Saquon. <clears throat> Ooh, that'd be big. He runs like Reggie Corbin if you get him in space, but he'll run through you like Saquon does. That's it, it, big time. He's his thighs are about the size of Saquon's, but Saquon's thighs are massive. He can cut on a dime, and he can also burn you in open field. You Got can, ready for a punishing back, running a between. Bit of... Yeah, absolutely. We haven't had one since who Mendenhall. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Richard Mendenhall. I mean, that's probably the best back we've had since he left. Reggie Corbin's been great. Don't get me wrong. I love watching Reggie Corbin every Saturday. I agree. Richard Mendenhall is a different level, and I think with some time, maybe not freshman, sophomore year, uh, Reggie Love could be there his junior, senior year like we saw Reggie do. You know, not to not to reminisce too much, but I just I feel like it was kind of hard for Reggie Corbin to really ever get going with that three back set that they ran. You know, it's like right when somebody would kind of get in a groove and run six or seven plays in a row, they'd get yanked. Yeah, that's I, uh, you know, I never really understood that, but it's I, a coaching you know, decision. I'm not coaching B one football. It was made by Rod Smith early in the year because Illinois was so versatile and so deep in the running back position. Uh, losing Mike Epstein, that hurt. We get him back next year. 
Uh, losing Mike Epstein early kind of put a sting on that, but I agree with you. I think that Rod Smith should have went away at Jakari Norwood and just used Dre Brown and Reggie Reggie Corbin the, the whole the whole the whole season. I feel I just felt like those two were head and shoulders better. Honestly, Jakari Norwood was a great return man, and then they put Donnie Navarro right. in the slot due to injury to Dominic Stampley. They put Donnie Navarro back in the backfield returning punts. And I think that uh, Jakari Norwood would have been the perfect player for that because he's elusive. He can Right, exactly. I I I don't understand it. I don't want to question it. We still lost. We still had a losing record. But I don't really want to question Lovey Smith. I think that he's gonna take a line eye fans of the promised land. I really do. I really believe that. I just don't want to question it. I really don't. As long as there's not much staff turnover, which I hear that, or they're not here, but there's rumors. It's been rumored that, you know, every year in college football, guys go to the NFL. Um, guys go to different different schools. Uh, hopefully, Corey Patterson doesn't leave because he's the Illini's best recruiter, and he's the one that's got this St. Louis Trinity Catholic pipeline rolling for us. I yeah, just, honestly, I'm kind of excited to see this uh, Lovey staff get better at the whole recruiting thing. I mean, we talked a little bit about that here in the uh, the past, and it's just kind of tough to go from a professional type setting where you're kind of handed these freaking nature athletes, and you know, teams draft them and kind of hand them to you and say, "Here you go," you know, "Here's who we drafted," and versus having to go sit down at kids uh you know dining room tables in their kitchen or whatever and kind of convince them to come uh, come to your school and come play for you and be a part of the the program but i feel like you know hopefully after this year and and a few years before i mean uh, that staff's getting a little better at the whole recruiting process and it's starting to show as you said illinois kept this lead under 10 at half i uh i can't complain with that at the cole center but man, they gotta win this game. I know. They don't have a choice. They need we have to, to. They need the quad one win. They need the win on the road. The statement win in a statement facility. Seven points is easy to come by. They're playing really well. It looks like they're clicking to me. It's just there's some defensive miscues against a better team than Purdue. Purdue was terrible last Sunday. Uh, they couldn't throw I mean, they couldn't throw the ball in the ocean. <laughs> Purdue couldn't. It was bad. <laughs> I mean, they could have stood right on the shoreline next to the beach and thrown a ball on it, and it somehow would not have made it to the ocean. <laughs> Dude, I got a really high-pitched uh, feminine laugh when I really get rolling here. And these sayings <laughs> that you drop on me, <laughs> man. <laughs> We're going to have to get something going like that on the on the board. You're going to have to teach me how to run this board. We'll do all the stuff like the score, like 670. We'll just kind of put a button. For each of these phrases that you and I come up with, when it when the time comes in whatever conversation, we'll just hit that button on the board. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can hotkey stuff on my computer. I'll 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 start saving these because <laughs> because man, <laughs> you had one on live air the it was a couple of weeks ago. Is the straw that stirs the drink? That one there. I don't know how I didn't lose my composure and derail the whole show <laughs> off of that. That that's just a grade top a grade A top tier saying. I, I I never heard that. It was it was just funny. And your delivery is what makes it makes it better. 
Oh man. Oh man. We're yeah. We're gonna have to keep track of all these and, and and coin these phrases. I mean, copyright them. Yeah, that's exactly right. Did uh, you uh, make it to halftime yet? Yeah, I'm at half. What is it? Thirty four twenty eight. That's what I. Yep. Thirty four twenty eight at half. I'm uh, with you. I'll take that any day on the road, especially at the Kohl Center. Need the win. Need the win. Need the win. I'm just gonna say yeah. that. Let's no other see. way to put it. Uh, anything else we can talk about before we get out of here? Um, this is going to be the only episode this week. Jay's got some officiating to do uh, Friday night or Thursday night. So just so everybody knows, if you've made it this far, uh, I'll put a little disclaimer at the beginning as well. There's going to be two episodes on Monday and Friday. Jay's gracious enough to sit down with me for an hour, 45 minutes to, well, now over an hour. Uh, two nights a week, we're going to record on uh, probably sun or Sunday nights, uh, typically Sunday afternoon, and then Thursday night. And then I will have these on the website on Monday and Friday, basically so we can give a recap of the weekend and look into the what happened, you know, uh, throughout the week. You know, that's uh, kind of what I'm trying to hit at here. Uh, when it comes to baseball season, we might cut down from an hour a little bit unless there's something that you know, it's really pressing uh, with the Cubs, the Cardinals, or the White Sox. That's who we're really going to focus on, basically because that's our area teams. Um, I'm a White Sox and Cub guy. Chicago baseball, Jay's obviously the uh, Cardinal fan down there in St. Louis. Uh, he's not in St. Louis. That's where the Cardinals are. But, yeah, that's kind of what the what the gist of the show is. I'll, I'll, yeah, you said Monday, Friday? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be released on Mondays and Fridays. Uh, w- so this will be the only one for this week, right? Right, because we're both okay. you're, you're officiating tomorrow night. Uh, we're not going to sit down the rest of this week till Sunday night. Um, hopefully, maybe around the same time um, as we are now. Uh, there's going to be big things that come on this show, though. Um, obviously, we're going to work with people and get uh, other people. There's a couple guys that I'm going to name drop now. Tristan Kissick out of Cisna Park. For some of you Cisna Park listeners uh, might know that name. Uh, big Cisna Park basketball guy. He's the head of the Champagne Room. Um, he uh, is the lead editor. Uh, he's calling the shots for them. Uh, he They do all Illini stuff. They are affiliated with the U of I. Um, he's a great guy, great interview, great person to have. A fun interview. He knows his stuff, too. He's uh, real fun to listen to. He gives in-depth analysis of both basketball and football. And then uh, a guy by the name of Isaac Ambrose. He'll be on here quite a bit. And then we'll have some other friends, uh, Jake Stevenson, another PBL graduate, probably join us every now and then. Uh, he'll give us some college landscapes outlooks uh, or landscape outlook as uh, he's in his senior season now. We're going to f- keep tabs on all area college players as well, at least I will, uh, just to give everybody an update as to how they're doing. Uh, Paxton and Gibson City in the listening area will do our best with that. And then we'll get some other guys in here about some other sports. So we just don't got to listen to Jay and I talk for an hour all the time, even though it's <laughs> fun as it is. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, no, it's awesome. I'm excited, man. Lots of good stuff, like you said, coming for this show. And I know we're going to sell the heck out of it. And, and uh, we hope everyone else gets as excited as we are. So. We're going to do some giveaways on here, too, uh, to give some incentives on it. So that way, you know, get some people uh, listening. And that way, the listeners that are regular listeners, they want they, regular listeners. I'm going to ask this interact with us too. Um, either get a hold of the WPXN Twitter page, uh, DM that page, let us know if there's something you want to talk about that's something that's pressing. You can, I'll look at the I look at that Twitter page every two, three hours, if not every two, three minutes. 
Uh, you can get a hold of Jay on his Twitter. Uh, get a hold of me on my Twitter at JTash11. Mine's at KaleFleming10. Get all at 104.9 WPXN. Get a hold of those. You can send emails to the to the station at news at radio or news at WPXNradio.com. So you can send uh, stuff there. Well, yeah, and then we'll, Jay and I are obviously doing the shows on Saturday mornings still. Big things coming with that. Uh, Jay and I are hosting that as well. Let's see, what else? I think that might be about it, the sports department. Yeah. A lot of stuff happening. A lot of, a lot of uh, new things coming. Uh, you can read all the blogs that I have on there. It's a little bit of everything, just a hodgepodge. Everything that I write on the website, we'll talk about on here if you want us to wait for that. If not, go ahead and give that a click. Interact with us on there as well. I can see all the comments. The comments are directly linked to Facebook. Uh, we check that on a regular basis as well. I'm not a big Facebook guy, are you? Uh, not a ton. I mean, I kind of scroll through there. That's about it. So uh, I think uh, Mr. Gee and the boss man, Joel Kluber, kind of handle the Facebook side of things. I'm not really a Facebook guy either. Big time Facebook guys over there. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see everything you guys uh, want on there. But I think that's going to do it for us tonight. It's 9.06 p.m. on Wednesday the 8th, or Wednesday the 9th. It's already the 9th of January. It's crazy yeah. how it all kind of blends together anymore. You know, you laugh at people when they're like, yeah, well, enjoy it now. It's going to be gone before you know it. And here we are. I know you're going to attest to this, but for me, you've already you've already hit it this year. Uh, June 6th, I've been out of high school for five years. Crazy, isn't it? It's, it's, I've moved, I moved, uh, or I moved twice, moved across town, uh, for a little while in Paxton, and then I moved to Champaign, Urbana, actually. I don't want to say that to the wrong, wrong person. Some people might get really upset <laughs> about that, but, uh, I live in Urbana now. I moved twice, you know, about to graduate college finally. After the fourth go around, finally figured found something I wanted to do. But yeah, man, it's it's wild. I you know I didn't really I don't really believe those people till about this year when I woke up on New Year's Day and had an epiphany. It's crazy, man. Uh, time time flies when you're having fun, and uh, I can't wait for more fun to to come here with our podcast and on the sidelines this week and all the upcoming weeks. I mean, lots of good stuff on the horizon here at WPXN. Tune so. into the on the sidelines. Uh, this week, got a lot of interviews scheduled. Uh, Coach Schoenauer, he'll probably be in there. Uh, Ryan Parker, who's now the new Rant Tool uh, head coach, as Brett Frerichs resigned on the 20th of December. Um, not sure real why. The News Gazette ran an article on it. Um, the I, I'm assuming it might be health-related because there's not really too many reasons why. You don't really hear coaches resigning, especially at the high school level midseason. Unless he had a some type of family, you know, uh, <clears throat> right. going on. So thoughts and prayers go out to Brett Frerichs, and hopefully Ryan Parker can turn that around. I'm gonna talk with him about that tomorrow afternoon. Uh, so that will be aired Saturday, and then yeah, that's we got a lot of interviews Saturday to get through. Jay, good stuff, man. I can't wait. Ready to hunker in for the second half of Illini basketball. See if we can't get us a win up north in the cold center. That's right. Uh, we're we're going to end it there for this week. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back Sunday. Joel, well, actually, you'll hear from us Monday night, Monday morning. So uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Jay, appreciate your time. Jay's been volunteering his time with me. Hey, no problem anytime. It's always lots of fun, man. Uh, I appreciate you having me. Yes, yeah, no problem, man. See ya. See you Sunday. Yep, we'll see ya. Thank you.